Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Gold Bazan. This is our 92nd episode. It's been an absolute journey with you guys. I thank you guys so much for your support and especially for the people that took the time and effort to send their videos in that we've sent it to Sadar Ozmoon. Uh, please check that out. It's it's all over our social media feed. Just emotional support we want to give to Sardar Ozmoon. Unfortunately, he's received unjust criticism from some fickle Iranian fans, unfortunately, on social media or just put a key, keyboard warriors. And for you to take the time and, you know, send us this video um, that we sent to the player. And he's been absolutely ecstatic about it. Thank you guys so much. The last episode, if you may or may not heard Bob Akagoris on Pejman Apart, did an in-depth analysis of the Spain match against Iran. So definitely check that out if you haven't done so. Today, we're joined by the fantastic Tom Gundard, Portuguese football expert that you may have heard in um, the last few months ago that we pretty much did uh, you know, an episode on him, pretty much telling us about... Portugal's journey to the World Cup, how they got here about Mr. Saunders, because they're the European champions. He's on this episode of Gold Bazan, and we have Aria Aloverdi to do a preview of Iran's World Cup final, pretty much, against uh, Portugal. So, as always, we appreciate the support. We hope you enjoy this latest episode. It's going to be a long one, so um, we apologize for that, but um, it's just we're so ecstatic about this upcoming match that we, there was a lot to be said, and there was a lot of joy in the discussion. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy. Hi folks, if, as you're listening right now, I'm joined with Ari Aloverdi of Gold Bazan and the great, one of my close friends as well, Tom Gundert, all the way from Lisbon. Tom, it's an absolute fantastic honor to have you on it again. Pleasure to, to meet you in Lisbon in person as well. How you been? Yeah, I've been great. Absolutely loving this World Cup. Uh, you know, some fantastic games and my congratulations to Iran. They've been superb. I think they've impressed everyone all around the world with how they've uh, performed, especially that game against Spain, and uh, yeah, great to speak to you again, Pasha and Arian, and uh, look forward to speaking about you know how things may pan out these next uh, in this next match. Fantastic, Tom. Thank you very much. It really means a lot to us, and it's just been absolutely sensational. Absolutely, the work that Carlos Kaiser has done, especially considering the fact that we haven't had much of a preparation with the friendlies, matches getting cancelled, and he's gotten us this far. The world has been shocked, and we're just very delighted about that to basically show a reigning football to the world. But Tom, just to get into the gist of things, if you could just tell the listeners, uh, you know, about you know Portugal's last two matches from what you've seen, how the media feels about it. Um, I was really shocked to see how, um, I mean, Morocco's a fantastic team in the last match, especially in the second half. Morocco really, really, really um, came out on top, and unfortunately they didn't have a clinical striker. But uh, some worrisome situation happening um, between, you know, maybe the players, the staff members, and the media in Portugal. Yeah, well, it's very interesting because there's a complete sway in kind of the mood, and uh, I'd even say the levels of optimism from one game to the next because after Portugal's fantastic opening game against Spain of course uh, most people said that was a draw a draw which felt like a victory especially you know that last gasp equaliser and Ronaldo just an absolutely extraordinary performance in contrast against Morocco Portugal got the win but yeah you're absolutely right I think nobody here in Portugal is even disputing the fact that Portugal were very much second best really throughout that whole game and uh, very lucky to get the three points. And so people are saying that was uh, actually a victory, which felt a bit more like a defeat. And so, 
yeah, there's a there's quite a lot of concern here in Portugal. You know, they, they especially as you know Ronaldo's basically doing it on his own so far. We need a lot of the other players to step up. Uh, they really haven't performed at all, especially the younger players who so much was expected from. You know, players like Donato Silva, uh, Bruno Fernandes, uh, even Gonzalo Guedes perhaps been a little better than those first two I mentioned. But all of those three players, you know, people are very excited going into this World Cup, thinking they could really make a name for themselves. And all of them really have looked very nervous and, and really, to be honest, look like they've got a bit of stage fright. So, yeah, people are worried. Of course, they're speaking a lot about uh, everyone saw how Iran performed so Tom. Spain and perhaps a bit a bit unlucky not to get the uh, not to get the draw. And uh, Carlos Queiroz has been on Portuguese TV quite a lot. He's been very you can see he's really upbeat. He's in a good mood. He's been very accommodating to the Portuguese media as well, giving some you know quite interesting quotes. Basically, just uh, saying that you know praising Portugal and saying what a good squad they've got, but he'll be doing everything he can to, you know, try and get Iran to get the result they need. And so, yeah, I'd say a bit of trepidation. Uh, of course, having said all that, you know, with all due respect, Portugal are European champions yes. and they do expect to get the result they need against Iran. But certainly it's not, uh, you know, nobody thinks it's going to be a foregone conclusion. Right. And uh, Tom, you know, thank you again for your touch. And just looking back at this uh, Group B, which has been absolutely entertaining so far. I mean, this whole World Cup, to be honest, has been, I think, the tournament of underdogs. It's just been sensational to watch. Um, what have you made out of this group? Um, have you been shocked yourself to see how well, you know, even Morocco, despite the fact that, you know, they're out, but they've, found, they've performed so well, and then you have Iran. If you look back to our conversation we had in Lisbon, um, you know, I said that a lot of people are going to be shocked, not just because it's a reigning national, because, you know, as you mentioned, Carlos Queiroz is Iran's biggest weapon. And, um, you know, what have, is, how would you say, like, in the media that, you know, people are shocked how well that Iran and Morocco have done? Maybe shock's going a little bit too far, because we, we knew before the tournament started that, you know, these were four good teams in this uh, in this group. Obviously, Portugal and Spain were the favourites. I don't think anyone disputed that. But uh, as Fernando Santos was saying time and time again before this World Cup, if people think this is an easy group, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to get a surprise. We've probably got, we, as in Portugal, we've probably got the, the toughest, uh, the best team in Africa and the best team in Asia in this group. Uh, having said that, you know, coaches have a tendency to talk up the opposition even just to try and alleviate a bit of pressure on their team. And so there was a thought, yeah, these are going to be two tough games, but Portugal uh, you know, will probably come out on top. I think, basically, what we've seen so far just proves that Fernando Santos was absolutely right. Uh, two very high-quality teams, uh, Morocco and Iran. And I think, especially Morocco, you've got to feel a bit sorry for them, really, because I think perhaps both of their games, they've been the better side, certainly against Portugal they were, I think probably even against Iran the first game, though that was quite even I think Morocco can feel very hard done by to lose that, you know, and they're on their way home so I think that just shows you you know, what a tough tournament this is uh, the old cliche, there are no easy games nowadays uh, I'm not sure if I quite agree with that there are a few easy games, but mm -hmm. certainly in this group, no easy games at all Right Arya, um, coming back to you, my friend, um, as what uh, Tom has mentioned, what do you make out of you know this group, and especially considering the fact that we have uh, Portugal next? It's 
an interesting group, you know. Uh, I think Iran's win against uh, Morocco, uh, you know, it really improved things for us uh, going forward now against, you know, Spain. Obviously, you didn't get the result against Spain and wanted to win, even to get a point from them. But the wins push, push us in a position that we can really, you know, now go to Portugal and, you know, uh, put a performance, you know, that we have to win the game, you know. It, it's, you know, we could get a draw if... Yeah, Morocco beat Spain 2-0 we can get a draw That's just, it's just too uh, hearsay for me I think we have to go and, go and try and beat Portugal but you know the group's interesting you know um, Morocco's probably been disappointing you know, in terms of a, a team that we know have, who have talent who have quality but uh, in the final third um, their strikers haven't really in my opinion done a lot you know I think uh, the the player who played for Barcelona I think was Munir El Haddari I think he if he was in the squad, it would have been good for them. But the fact that they're missing a striker, it's really been a shame, you know, because they do have the quality. I think Iran's obviously, you know, everyone's like like Tom just said there, they've been a, a very defensively astute team. They've worked hard, not only, I don't think, in the attack, but in defence, but, you know, when they have attacked, they've looked dangerous as well. You know, when they've wanted to really push forward in attack and win the game, they have looked dangerous. Um, I think some people are thinking Iran's parking the bus but I think against Spain against Morocco when we have actually attacked the game we haven't been too bad um, and I think that Portugal um, you know they've got Cristiano Ronaldo I don't think they've been a great team um, if I'm going to be honest I don't think Portugal have a great defence I don't think they've done well in some of the like against Spain they struggled against Diego Costa it showed that they're a bit weak there but and uh, Rafael Guerrero looked a bit leaky in the, in the last game but I think in the attack um, they're very, very uh, tough to deal with, especially with their the top man. So we'll see what happens on Monday. But I think it will be a, a definitely a tough game. But Iran don't have uh, it won't be the same game against Spain for sure. Tom, I'm um, coming back to you, my friend. Uh, the big difference that I've seen, and please correct me if I'm wrong, between uh, Portugal and Spain. I feel like Spain, obviously being such a silky team. Nice touches, you know, smooth on the ball. I think it actually helped Iran more because, um, you know, it let us, you know, keep our shape defensively. But as you know, the likes of Portugal, I feel like they're much more pacey players with the likes of Guides, Ronaldo, and then I certainly believe that Bernardo Silva won't start. Um, on the right, I believe that maybe it'll be Gelson. Just believe, I believe they're going to come at us with pace. Um, what do you make out of that? And um, do you think the... And what have you made out of Iran's defensive structure it's interesting you say that because Portugal have these fabulously uh, gifted midfielders, but none of them have really shown the talent they've got. Uh, one thing about this midfield is that they uh, it does actually lack a bit of pace. You're right about Geds and Ronaldo, but if they're up to top, you know they don't really get the chance to use that pace a lot. Uh, and uh, so for this reason, I actually agree with you. Uh, I think I've, I've been saying this to a few other people as well, and in, in our own podcast, I actually expect Jelson to start Jelson Martins in place of Bernardo Silva, just to give that extra pace, and yeah. also uh, because Bernardo Silva, to be honest, has been very disappointing. I think is you know possibly being Portugal's worst player this tournament so far, and it's it's just absolutely bewildering because he is a brilliant player, he's so talented. He's probably Portugal's most talented player. A lot of people think. Portugal's most talented player since Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, he's got so much uh, hopes uh, that he will really, you know, 
maybe after Ronaldo, he'll be the man to carry this team. But this tournament, he just hasn't done it at all. Uh, and so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Jelson comes in for uh, for Bernardo Silva on the right wing, and maybe Portugal play a bit more of a four-three-three uh, to uh, you know try and just get an injection of pace. It's very interesting there, Arian saying that. Rafael Guerreiro struggled against Morocco and he's absolutely right. You know, he had a bit of a nightmare to be honest. I'm not sure if that was all completely his fault. It was he was not really given any support by his teammates. Uh, and in contrast, uh, if you ask about Iran, I think one player who really impressed me, uh, forgive me for my pronunciation, but the right <laughs> no back, problem. I think it's Ramin Razayin. Yes, uh, Razayin. Yeah, he, he was, uh, I thought he was excellent, really good against uh, Spain, you know, really tough. Uh, defensively speaking, also good going forward, lending good support. And so, if Rafael Guerreiro, uh, you know, is one of Portugal's key players, really, but he had such a nightmare in that last game. He's also got a little bit of a he sat out training yesterday, had a little bit of a muscle strain. So hopefully uh, he'll get over that because I think even accounting for the, his bad game, he is Portugal's best left back. But if not, you know, if he doesn't improve, and if uh, Razayin has another great game. Uh, that could be a, a problem for Portugal, that flank, you know, because uh, they'll be obviously perhaps coming up against each other. Uh, I think Razayin, am I right in saying he's naturally quite a attacking right back? So uh, if he does that, then of course, you know, if he advances up that flank, then it could be another tough day for Guerreiro. I think even Arya would agree with me. I feel like every Team Medley fan, though, well, the people that really watch the national team would say that he's a much better player offensively as he's defensively. And uh, I was pretty impressed with his performance. Uh, Rezaian always has one or a few moments, I would say, that, you know, he looked shaky, but he was just fantastic uh, against Spain. Arya, is there anything you would like to add to Tom's point? Yeah, I agree. I think um, Guerrero, in my opinion, is a midfielder. I don't think that. I think he was made as a left back when he went to Dortmund. You know, although he played there before in his younger career, I think he was he became a left back. You know, to replace Schmelzer and etc. At, at Dortmund, um, I think in the Euros we saw when he played, he was very very shaky, and I think um, a lot of the team many fans will will, uh, will obviously I think will, will be expecting Jan Bash to start in this game because he got rested against against Morocco because he had yellow card, so he will start against Portugal. And I think if he does play as a right winger, and then we have uh, Guerrero at left back, it will be a tough task because uh, Rezaian and um, Jan Bash do have a good partnership on the right hand side. They do combine really well. Um, especially in the attacking third, so I think that could be quite a good uh, avenue for Iran to explore and to create attacks. Um, I also think uh, you were saying about uh, Gelson Martin starting as a right winger for Morocco. Uh, sorry, for Portugal um, in a four-three-three. I think well, actually I don't think it's going to be easy for for him either because I think Hoy uh, Safi is uh, is injured. Um, the left back has been starting most of the games, uh, but Milad Mohamed will probably come in and, and play there. And uh, Miel Mohamed is no slouch in terms of pace either. Uh, so it, it will be a good battle between uh, Gelson Martins and Miel Mohamed and, and that sort of uh, left, left side for Iran. But we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be a, a good battle on both flanks for, for both teams. Tom, uh, coming back to, you know, just tactically speaking to the, you know, uh, side of where Rafa plays his left back. As you know, one of our best players are arguably right now the best player on form, but obviously with uh, Kairos' system, he can't. He hasn't done much as you 
as we all want him to do, is Ayer as a Jahan Baksh. And I believe that he's going to start. As you know, he's uh, was considered one of the best players in the Dutch league. Uh, scored 21 goals and already, I believe, 13 assists, if I'm not mistaken. Something ridiculous like that as a winger. And he's most likely going to go up against Rafael. But, Tom, um, would you say, uh, you know, for, you know, when it comes to, you know, defensive structure and stuff, are your flanks the weak points, or would you say in the center midfield, which, unfortunately, I believe that it was really harsh that, you know, William Carvalho got a lot of backlash uh, from his, uh, you know, from the media and whatnot. Well, it's interesting, yeah, because uh, William Carvalho is really a player who polarises opinion completely. Uh, I, I personally think he's a superb player, and I think he's done pretty well this tournament so far. Actually, I think of Portugal's, uh, other than Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, has been absolutely out of this world. Uh, the Portuguese players haven't played so well, but I think two of them who's done okay so far have been those two central midfielders, William Carvalho and João Martinho. So I'd be quite surprised if uh, if they weren't selected again for this next game against Iran. Uh, you're right, Portugal tend to play a, a flat 4-4-2 under Santos, so that their wide players aren't really uh, you know, genuine wide players or wingers. Uh, that's why we have usually João Mario or uh, Bruno Fernandes on the left and uh, Bernardo Silva on the, on the right. And certainly Mario and Fernandes, they're, they're really central midfielders. That's where they shine. And uh, even Bernardo Silva, you know, a lot of people think his best position and maybe his natural evolution would see him end up as a number 10. <clears throat> Although he does play in that right-hand side for Manchester City. And I think also most of his time at Monaco, he was there because he has the advantage that he can cut inside and use that, you know, fantastic left foot, to, to, you know, to shoot or to dink some, uh, you know, clever little through balls through. So, yeah, it's not really the way Portugal play under Santos. It's... There's very little width, and uh, most of the width is provided by uh, the fullbacks. But as we say, Guerreiro, for one reason or another, just doesn't seem to be you know on top form. Very interesting what Ariane said earlier as well. A lot of people here in Portugal are even suggesting perhaps uh, they sh- uh, instead of playing João Mario or uh, Bruno Fernandes on the left, uh, they should actually push up Rafael Guerreiro. And uh, perhaps bring in the you know the, the deputy left back or the second choice left back uh, Mario Rui to uh, to that position, and that perhaps that will give Portugal a better balance, a kind of natural wide left midfielder in the wide uh, left midfielder position. And so you know it's all kind of ifs and buts. I'd just like to throw one question to you if you don't mind. I was very interested no, earlier. Uh, I'm not sure which one of you two said it that you thought that Iran could approach this game in quite a different uh, you know quite a different style because they they obviously need a win mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know just looking at it and most of the Portuguese media and I tend to agree think that probably Iran will pick more or less the same will take more or less the same approach because it's just an approach which has served them so well you know try and maybe keep it very tight uh, concentrate on being very defensively solid and then try and, uh, you know, nick a goal perhaps a little bit on the break against the run of play. Maybe, like you said, Arareza doing a bit of magic or uh, Asmun, who hasn't really been so good this tournament, but we, you know, we know he's a very dangerous player. So uh, do, do you really think they'll be uh, a bit more adventurous this game or do you think uh, do you think it will be similar? Ari, do you want to uh, first talk and then I'll give my thoughts? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think um, I think Kiroshino has always been saying that you know uh, we have to play to 
our advantage? What what we have as as a team individually? What do we have and what are we good at? And, you know, we're good defensively. That's just what we're good at. You know, um, in the past, you know, past couple of years before the, before K. Roche was a, a coach of Iran, we were, we were trying to play attacking football, you know, play that the beautiful game that Iran don't have. We don't have that kind of play. We have players who can do that, but we don't have players who can do it in a, in a team like Iran. We have players like Omid Ibrahimi, Vahid Amiri, who are great, um, you know, players who run for the team, but they're not going to make uh, 10 assists a season, you know. So, Iran, unfortunately, it will be another boring game. They will try and play that sort of um, delayed football where they'll try and, you know, strangle the game to the point where Portugal will break out their shell and try to really, you know, attack and Iran hit some of the count. But we'll see, you know, I think... Um, I hope that we will maybe drop uh, one of those midfielders, like you know, maybe Vaidamini gets dropped and someone like Solomon Gordos or Dejaga comes in, just to give us a little bit of a, an option in the attacking third. You know, not not to change too much, just one small tweak to give us a bit of an um, option in the attack. But I still think that we will play that same football because in the day, uh, Portugal are, are a much stronger team. And they will be for sure the team with more possession, which Portugal haven't had in, in, the, in the first two games. So it will also be a different game for them as well, not just for Iran. So it's an interesting one. Tom, um, basically, as I agree with Ario as well, I just I just want to talk about another thing is that if you look at you know Morocco and Spain, they're very good uh, down the middle, and the goal and the goal we conceded unfortunately against Spain was was the result of you know they played us down the middle, and Iran has done such a great job of you know nullifying that and basically stopping their style of play, so for them to attack from the flanks, and um, I think that was been a big advantage of Kaoshi's tactics for not allowing this team to dictate in the middle because I believe that with the lack of pace we have, you know, with a, with our center backs and everything, and you know, Omide Ibrahimi, I believe is thirty, if I'm not mistaken, but he's had a fantastic uh, tournament. So that we're gonna pretty much play the same style of play and um, that we did against Spain. But I feel like it's gonna be more attacking in terms of we're gonna bring Adiosa Jahan back back into the fold. I don't think we're gonna be as you know defensively structured as we were against Spain. I think we're gonna be a little bit, little bit. I would say more expansive because we do need to. We're gonna go. It's our final, like Carlos Carrius has pointed out to. But the Tom now it's talking about this. Would you say that you know looking at the Portuguese team that you guys tend to you know also attack from the flanks or is it that like Spain and Morocco that you feel like with its, with the structure you have right now under Santos that you guys are much better down the middle. Because Iran has done such a great job of not allowing Morocco or Spain to do anything down the middle of the pitch, and I think that was the big advantage of um, this tournament for us that we've gotten so far. Yeah, well, under under Santos, uh, generally Portugal haven't used, like I said, they've got some fantastic wingers. Of course, we haven't even talked about Ricardo Quaresma, yeah. who although he's a bench player, you know, he always seems to make an impact when he comes on. So they've got him. They've got Gelson Martins. You know, he's probably one of the best wingers in Portugal. Uh, quite a few top clubs rumored to be after him, uh, and uh, but generally uh, Fernando Santos is really focused on this. His whole strategy is based on playing on a flat, you know, like I say, a flat back, uh, flat midfield for central midfielders. Quite often he picks basically and you know, strings them across the across the field, and so we rely a lot on our full backs for providing width, and uh, you know neither of them have been. Great to be honest. <coughs> this tournament, especially going forward, uh, Cedric was, was you know very solid against Morocco defensively, but didn't really provide anything going forward. 
Uh, and so actually it's interesting for that reason a lot of people are also speculating that perhaps Ricardo Pereira will get a nod at right back uh, because in the one pre-tournament friendly he played against Tunisia uh, one of the features of that game was he linked up really well with uh, Bernardo Silva and uh, you know that looked like a promising partnership so that's a possibility I think like I say Portugal tend to play with his uh, flat midfield and then actually rely a little bit more on João Mario or Bernardo Silva trying to cut inside and release Ronaldo and Geds with uh, you know one of you know, the clever ball through the middle or perhaps even try for a shot themselves. So they're not really a team, uh, certainly from the start, which looks to hit the flanks and, you know, uh, sending cross after cross. I'm not sure, again, because it's really Portugal offensively have been so disappointed in this tournament, it's very difficult to know exactly what will happen in terms mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, how Santos will, will set them up. Will he really cause a bit of surprise and try and, mix things up and try and get Portugal going by choosing a bit more pace and uh, using the width more or will he just go for his tried and trusted uh, you know strategy yeah, I suppose you've got to say such a key game he'd probably stick to the strategy which at the end of the day even if the performances haven't been so good uh, is the strategy which has got him results ever since he's become Portugal manager Tom do you think that um, you know maybe if you're going to go a bit more of a width you know style that they might play um, AC Milan striker Andre Silva next to Ronaldo since he's had. Uh, I mean, at the start of his career in Portugal, he was he was quite good. Him and Ronaldo were linking up quite well. Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, good question. That's a question which a lot of people are asking here in Portugal, and again, a question which is dividing opinion a lot. You're absolutely right. During qualification, Andre Silva was absolutely superb, especially with this uh, chemistry he got going with Cristiano Ronaldo. They actually scored. 24 goals between them in nine qualifying games, you know, were absolutely superb. And a lot of their goals were, you know, assisting each other. So Ronaldo assisting Andre Silva or, or vice versa. And so that just seemed like a partnership, you know, set in stone for years to come. Then what happened? Andre Silva got his big move to Milan and just had a, a bit of a disastrous season, to be honest. And in the friendlies, he's also looked a bit bereft of confidence, just doesn't really seem to be the same player. And on top of that, uh, Gonzalo Guedes, who for Valencia plays on the left, you know, as a wide midfielder or even as a genuine winger, he has been. Uh, he actually said in one of the post-match interviews after one of the friendlies that since he's been at the pre-World Cup uh, at the World Cup training camp with Portugal, Fernando Santos has him training as a centre forward, you know, as Ronaldo's partner. So I think Santos really sees him as the as the guy there up top and not not in his usual midfield position. So, uh, like I say, there's a lot of debate. It seems that Santos has made that decision that that is where Geds will play. That is Geds' best position. And it's it's got some advantages. You know, he's more mobile than Andre Silva. There's one or two flickers of hope from the Portuguese point of view that uh, they are getting a bit of chemistry together, Ronaldo and him. And I'd say, like I said earlier, I think of all the younger players who have been quite disappointed in this tournament, Gates is perhaps the one who yeah. has been least disappointing, if I can put it that way. He's, you know, he's put himself about, he's worked hard, he uses his pace a lot, he drops back a lot. I think against against Morocco, he was actually dropping back and winning the ball more times than you know a lot of the midfielders. So 
I personally would be quite surprised if Andre Silva uh, was brought in. I think there's more chance of seeing him on the pitch if, uh, God forbid, from my point of view, I think you guys will be hoping if uh, Iran, uh, you know, take the lead and Portugal really have to chase the game, then I think they'll, uh, you know, he'll probably throw on Andre Silva and, you know, have all three on the pitch at the same time. And Tom, uh, speaking about, obviously, you know, this is just predictions and everything, um, but what formation, obviously I know it's a 4-3-3, but which players would you potentially think that uh, Santos is going to start uh, against Iran with the style of play, everything that you've seen from the reigning perspective? Yeah, it's, it's really difficult to, to predict, Pasha. It's really difficult because this has a, uh, this kind of, it's a bit of a double-edged sword that mm-hmm. most people recognise at Portugal have really such a talented squad, more talented, I think, most people agree, than the, than the squad which won the European Championship two years ago. But that causes its own problems because when things don't go so well, you know, there's lots of cause for changing, to change the personnel, to change the system, to change the whole model of play, uh, just because there are so many options. I mean, there's players like Manuel Fernandes, who hasn't seen the field yet. Uh, Adrian Silva, who's barely played, you know, he brings something different to Portugal, a real kind of aggressive streak in midfield, which you could argue is something that they've been missing. So it's really endless, the the number of uh, possibilities and formations. I actually just think that in such a crucial situation, I would be very surprised if Fernando Santos changed things up a lot, which, in other words, you know, completely changed the system. Uh, And I think he possibly will stick to... 4-4-2 or perhaps a little bit more like 4-3-3 but just in terms of personnel perhaps just making that one change bringing in Gelson Martins for Bernardo Silva just to get a bit more pace going on that right hand side and just give a bit more kind of dynamism to, to Portugal's midfield Arya I'm coming back to you I just want to talk yeah. I'm going to give you my Iran prediction for the lineup and let's see if you agree or not and, you know, just your thoughts about how they would approach, you know, against Portugal. I believe it's going to be the same back four we had against Spain, but instead of Esan Ahaj Safi, Milad Mohammadi, who's been our legger and very consistent left back and he's done such a uh, fabulous job and he's right now well known for his uh, really mysterious throwing that he just unfortunately couldn't uh, pull. And then I believe Ariza Jahanbash is going to come in. But I do believe he's going to come in for Ansari Farah Abdi Mehdi Tarami is going to retain his space. As you know, Iran has done such a great job on set pieces. And I don't believe if we're going to beat Portugal, I don't believe we're going to beat him in an open play. I believe it's going to come down to a set piece. As even Tom told me in Lisbon that, you know, they have such an aging, you know, center backs. And I can't believe they're still playing. You know, Pep has been fabulous. But then again, you know, um, they're still shaking that sense. And obviously, Osman up top. Um, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I agree with the defence. I think, um, yeah, I think Ptolemy and John Bash will start. I think the only sort of doubt will be between, well, I think Ezatolaye will start in that sort of deep like, deep midfield role. Uh, Osman up front, I think the only two uh, ones that are kind of questionable are the two central midfielders next to the defensive midfielder, so the right centre midfielder. So if, if Omid Ebrahimi starts or if Faiz Amiri starts, it's really between... If one, of the, if one of them gets dropped, or if they both start, um, if one of them do, does get dropped, you're looking at, you know, Deja Gaia coming in, Shojoi, Godos, Gimura attacking option. Um, but we'll see, you know, because uh, Kairos could could go defensive and then bring one of them on in the second half. Um, 
but it won't be too different from sort of the first game to the second game. We'll just see like, maybe one or two changes. Um, but the team look fresh. I mean, they've had five days rest. Uh, you know, they've had five days to train for this game. They had one day rest yesterday. Um, they, they seem in good spirits. So I don't think there's any fitness issues. Um, there's only one injury to Ersan, but I don't think there's going to be too many changes to this lineup. Um, other than that, I think yeah, I agree with the set pieces. I think that you know for sure that's one of our, our key sort of uh, avenues to try to get a goal. But I, I also think that we can create chances in open play because against Spain, you know, we saw Vahid Amiri's nutmeg on the PK. You know, a couple of crosses by Rezoyan. You know, we, we've had those chances open play. You know. I think we can, we can create against that old defence, as you say. Um, I'm quite surprised Portugal didn't take um, Neto, uh, the um, Zenit Saint Peter player from Russia, uh, to the to the World Cup. And also, I'm surprised that Ruben Diaz hasn't started at all, uh, the young defender. So they've got a good def- they've got young defender, but they don't play them. So if they play Pepe and Font, it's going to be tough for them against uh, Osmond. I hope Osmond scores. <laughs> Yeah. And Tom, um, would you say one of your biggest weaknesses might be that defending on set pieces, or is that a key strength of yours? Uh, well, good question. I think that to be to be perfectly fair, that that was like I mentioned to you in Lisbon. That was the one worry, the biggest yeah. worry among most uh, Portugal fans going into this tournament. Central defence did look shaky, but to be honest, I don't think they've done too badly so far. Uh, you mentioned the Diego Costa goal uh, in the first game. I think we've also got to hand it to Costa. That was that was a brilliant goal, really. You know, he just used his aggression, used skill. Uh, he's one of the best strikers in the world, and I think he showed it there. But uh, in the game against Morocco, you know, they sent cross after cross after cross into the box. And to be fair, uh, you know, Peck and Fonts, they dealt pretty well with most of those. So I'd be quite surprised if there is a change there. Exactly. Uh, I, I, w- I wouldn't be too worried from the Portuguese point of view, uh, actually, uh, about that situation. I think I'd be more worried about trying to, uh, you know, get to grips with midfield because that's really where Portugal are disappointed. And uh, you know, but when the crosses have come in, the defence actually hasn't been too bad, to be honest. Arya, now coming back to you, um, you know. Where would you see Portugal's uh, biggest weaknesses compared to the likes of Iran um, with the way we play? Obviously, I know it's we, we're going to talk about the centre-backs like Tom pointed out as well, but from your own perspective. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't watch uh, Portugal's first game against Spain. Uh, but uh, from what I know, from what I can, I can tell from the Portuguese team, they do have, in the day, they, they have great players. You know, it's not like they have a bad team. They have good players, you know. They've got strong, you know, tough players. They got technical players. They got quick players. They're, they're quite complete in that sense. I think uh, you could say uh, there's probably a little bit too much reliance on Cristiano Ronaldo in terms of against Morocco. In my opinion, after that first goal, they just couldn't. I didn't they didn't create that many chances that, in my opinion, showed that they are a team that can do it without him. If if he's not there. I don't know if they can do it without him. You know, I think they have to have him in the team. And um, if at any point uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was getting marked, uh, you know, by Magic Ossini or Pirelli Ganji or whoever it is, I think it would be tough for them to sort of create too many chances uh, where they're going to score goals. I don't think uh, Geds is a 
is a striker by nature, so I don't know if he's going to finish off every chance that he comes at him. He might do, but I don't think he's that kind of player. I think he used to be more of a winger, a second striker type player, so you know they're really relying on Ronaldo's finishing ability. So I think that's one of the issues they might have, is if Iran do play a defensive game, and Ronaldo is very isolated, which, you know, he can find space anywhere, but if he is isolated, then they might struggle to score goals. And that might really affect them mentally, and Iran can sort of uh, capitalise on that mental uh, collapse. But we'll see what happens. Tom, you know, a few more questions before we wrap this up, and thank you again so much for your time. Just basically, like, what Arya said, um, from your own perspective and just standpoint of just watching the Iranian national team, is there some... Like defensive part of the department that you've seen that yes, this is definitely where um, you know Portugal needs to penetrate the reigning national team. Uh, perhaps yeah. Just coming back a little bit to what Arian said, I, the only thing I can say is guilty as charged because <laughs> Portugal fans hate it when people say that Portugal are one man team, you know, and they just rely on Ronaldo. But we have to say at this tournament so far that has been the case. There's no there's no doubt about it actually kind of shudder to think where Portugal would have been without Ronaldo. So that is a, you know, that, that is a worry, definitely. <clears throat> Portugal needs some of the other players to step up. Uh, as far as any weakness for the, for the Iran game, uh, again, I think what's impressed everybody about, uh, you know, about Iran is just how they've defended. I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, they, they looked a lot less likely to uh, concede goals against Spain than Portugal did. So from that point of view, it's just you, you have to say perhaps they have a stronger defensive unit than Portugal. Maybe perhaps also the you know the, the way they defend as a team looked stronger uh, than than how Portugal did when they faced up against Spain. So uh, you know so it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. I think it would be we all knew this would be a very uh, you know quite a cagey group, uh, quite a low-scoring group. I think that game, Portugal against Spain, was a bit of an anomaly just because of the early goal and then it turned into a bit of a crazy game. But if you look at all the others, it's just been one goal, hasn't it? One goal or, uh, or yeah, exactly, just one goal in all the other games, which was uh, pretty much how we expected things to, to be. So I don't really think this will be any different. Uh, it's, it, I, I can't identify, <clears throat> to be perfectly honest, I can't identify an, an obvious weakness. In the Iran game, I saw the Iran game, didn't see it live, but I saw it afterwards against Spain, and they were just so impressive uh, that, you know, from a defensive point of view, that just shows that Portugal are going to have some some problems. I'd just like, again, to throw back a question at you. Uh, Pasha, it was interesting when we were speaking in Lisbon that you were saying that in the previous World Cup, you know, Iran, uh, again, put on, uh, you know, very good performances in general. Right. But by the time the third the third game came around. You kind of saw that the, uh, uh, you know, just the, the physical exertion, perhaps even the mental exertion, was so great that they perhaps didn't, uh, you know, perform up to their full ability in that third game. And you were suggesting that the fact that some of the players, I know most of the players now, or a lot of the players playing, you know, big European leagues, but some of the players, home-based players, where perhaps the, the fitness levels and the intensity levels of the football isn't quite so great. Uh, do you think there's any possibility? I know Arian said a while ago that uh, he thought all the players looked fresh, but do you think there's a possibility that they could be a little bit of exhaustion coming into the squad, uh, coming into this final game? No, I need some hope from you guys. Come on. 
<laughs> you know, um, uh, Arya, do you want to go first or do you want me to go ahead? You go ahead, you go ahead. All right. So, Tom, you know, that's that's what we all thought. But, you know, just the mannerism they've been playing, it's absolutely, I think, even I shocked myself, you know, it's just a do or die for them, you know. It's like they're not, it's like this is their last day on the pitch or the world, to be honest, the way they were defending, you know, um, you know, against, yeah. uh, against the like of Spain. But I'll, I'll give you an interesting uh, fact. So Iran had 10 different players versus Spain and against Argentina four years earlier. And this side that, you know, that ended against Spain, they had nine players under 25 years of old. Uh, and that's some, right. that is, you know, something extraordinary wow. from what yeah. Carlos Keirch has done. Because it's a very young team, you know, that's, uh, even Ari would assist with this. Yeah, that's remarkable. It must be know? one of the youngest teams in the tournament. Exactly, like you know, and um, if you look at Morsi Zopur Ali Ganji, um, the center back that a lot of people have been very impressed with, and he's he's been such a great center back just in general, but he's been partnered along with our captain which he didn't get a call up pretty much Alola Hosseini and you know everybody even myself we were shocked that he didn't get a call up but then you have him getting paired up against another young player that Arya is a huge fan of and he's for his debut Majida Hosseini against the likes of Spain on has, his birthday as well on his he? birthday fantastic debut and he's only had well, how many uh, debuts I mean how many appearances are you only, only like third cap which is just phenomenal so it goes on to show you that you know, despite the fact that, you know, we have such a young team, is that Kirish has gotten these young boys to just fight for the badge, regardless of everything. And um, I think, like, the last World Cup, I think it was just more of, you know, even if you remember in the pod, even Kirish said it, is that, you know, the issue I had was just picking 23 players for Brazil. Now I have 23. I have so many good players of which ones I need to select for this upcoming World Cup, which shows you the tremendous work he's done, you know. And um, now coming back to your question, I don't think mentally they're going to be, um, you know, exhausted but I think deep down after that Spain game um, apparently like our striker always won't have few tears in his eyes and everything because you know they did so well and they felt like they had to get something out of it but I do believe that they are ready but then again we I also have that doubt as are they really really mentally ready you know are they really over that um, you know match against Spain but I do believe they're going to be 100% just because we have Carlos Queiroz right now at the helm if it was an Iranian manager I'll tell you right now that no we're probably just going to capitulate um, Arya, what is what are your thoughts? I think yeah, I think the mental side of it's it's fine. I think Kairos is so psychologically, um, you know, he's so smart in terms of you know getting his players ready. I think even against Bosnia in twenty fourteen, mentally, I don't think they were that bad. I think they were just a fitness. I mean, they were very very unfit. I mean, we had thirty five year olds playing in that team. You know, like Sodery yeah. and you know Montazeri. Nekunam, you know, they're very old players. They're all in their 30s at that time. And, you know, it was old. This, this time around, I think the fitness isn't an issue. You know, they've been doing the the domestic players, as Tom said. Uh, if, you, if you don't know Tom, Tom, uh, they've been doing, um, like, uh, recovery training after every league weekend. So every weekend after the league finishes, the, the domestic players have been going to the Tehran uh, Performance Elite Centre. I've been doing recovery training with the team Ellie staff, so they've been getting a Very lot interesting, of interesting. Uh, yeah, I suppose yeah, so that's they, Kairos, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah exactly. That, yeah. So that's that's something to look at. And then the other thing is the foreign-based players have been obviously just doing really well in their club. So I don't think the fitness is not an issue. The mental side of it will become an issue if they concede a goal. That could really affect them. But if they if they beat if they're tight and they don't concede a goal. Um, I think they'll always be up for it, but we'll see. I mean, I think they're they're young, so they could break. You know, Osmo he cried a bit at the end of that game against Spain, but 
you know, I think that could be a good thing actually, because you know, it it lets him relieve his uh, stress and uh, you know just prepare himself for that more, uh, Portugal game on yeah. Monday. And Tom, just coming back to what Arya said, a lot of these players don't even have the luxury. This is like the first ever time playing against against their role models, pretty much they grew up watching against the likes of Spain and Portugal. And now they're going up against them, which for you know the likes of you know Portugal and Spain is very natural because they always play against these world class teams, whether it's for on a national level or on a club level. And Carlos Carlos even said it for these Iranian boys, this is an honor to play against them because they won't even have this opportunity, which I think gives them an extra motivation to basically show the world and to these players that despite the fact that you might not know me, you might see me on video, I have something to give. I think that's just extra motivation. And as we you know, Carlos Queiroz's man management is just absolutely sensational. It's just out of this world. And I think that's the reason why he's been, you know, always hailed as such a top coach. And just coming back to this, Tom, um, I want to talk about something. As, as much as it's Iran versus uh, Portugal, we got to also look back the controversy that unfortunately happened in 2010 between Carlos Queiroz and Ronaldo. Which is still beef between them. I think that's going to be also interesting um, going into this match. But um, what are your thoughts about that, especially the the controversy that happened between them in 2010? Yeah, well, you're right. You know, at the, I think even though Portugal got out of the group in that uh, in that World Cup and only lost to the eventual champion Spain, and also uh, you know lost quite narrowly in the end, one nil. And as Carlos Queiroz reminded everyone the other day, to an offside goal, he was uh, he was uh, lamenting <laughs> the fact that VAR didn't exist in 2010. But uh, but yeah, you're right. You know, at the end of that game, and really at the end of Carlos uh, Carlos Queiroz's reign at Portugal, it ended a little bit on a sour note. Uh, and there's a quite a famous bit of footage where uh, Ronaldo's kind of storming off the pitch after that game against Spain, and a reporter. A journalist asked him, you know, what went wrong? Why did we, why did Portugal lose? And he just said, ask the coach and stormed yeah. down the tunnel. So, uh, and and also Ronaldo under Queiroz, really that was perhaps Queiroz's biggest failure. Uh, he really had a, a very poor time under Queiroz who uh, just didn't manage to get the best out of him like most of the other Portugal managers have. So, yeah, they've got that bit of history. I think, to be honest, you know, that's a long time ago now. Eight years ago, so much has happened since then, both in the careers of Ronaldo and Queiroz. And even Queiroz, you know, like I said, he left uh, Portugal under a bit of a cloud. There was a bit of a, uh, a kind of, I wouldn't say scandal, but uh, it's a bit messy, basically, the way he left the Portugal job. Uh, he got actually got blamed for uh, making the job of the drug testers difficult. That, I think that was the official explanation for that, why he was sacked. Although results also, you know, the first result of the following qualifying campaign for Euro 2012, that was a really bad game. So it kind of uh, just things just came to a head and they parted ways. But I think since then, you know, they've kind of, uh, I think that's water under the bridge pretty much. Kairaj always seems to be very accommodating when he's talking to the Portuguese press. Like I say, he's appeared quite a lot in this World Cup. I know there's a lot of Portuguese journalists at the Iranian camp, you know, keeping tabs on them because people are interested in Kairaj, obviously. Uh, you know, like I said, that ended badly, but nobody doubts he's been very important in the, really, the whole history of the Seller Sound. And, uh, you know, he was the man who really, you could argue, made Portugal, kind of laid the foundation for Portugal becoming an elite team or, you know, maybe if not an elite international team, just maybe in the second tier. Uh, he, he, of course, led led the club, led the country to the World Youth 
Championship twice in a row, 1989 and 1991. He kind of was the man who brought through the golden generation. It's very interesting you talking about how he's doing something similar in some ways in yeah. Iran, you know, kind of laying the foundations for a strong future for the club, so for the, for the country, for the national team. So I think there's a lot of respect for K. Raj, I think even probably from Ronaldo, uh, I think. And of course, K. Raj has said some very nice things about Ronaldo, you know, almost every time he does something amazing, which has happened so often. Uh, he's been very complimentary about him. So to be perfectly honest, I don't think that would be much of an issue. I don't think that will be even talked about too much. You know, I think that's uh, that was then. This is now. Fantastic points, Tom. Arya, uh, last few uh, questions before we ask you know, Tom's prediction, our own prediction. As you know, uh, Carlos Kirch, I believe in an interview today, said that you know, in his tenure working as Iran's manager for eight years now, that against Portugal, it's, it's the biggest match in his career um, you know, as a coach for Iran, and pretty much for a lot of these Iranian players, just and whatnot. Uh, what, are you, what do you make out of these comments? Yeah, I mean it is, you know, and uh, I think, I think the I think the players, um, I think even though they're a bit young, you know, they're they're still pretty much you know reaching the peak of their career. I think I think they're all ready for it. I I don't think that there's going to be a big, um, you know, I don't, I don't think they're going to be starstruck by you know Cristiano Ronaldo because they weren't against Spain. The it was a big game as well, um, and they they did well. I think against Portugal it, it'll be no different. Uh, I think they'll just go out there professional, you know, do their job and hopefully get the result. I think, like Reza Yon was saying um, in one of his recent interviews, he was saying that um, he, he wants to be realistic. He can't, he can't just say, you know, Iran's going to beat Portugal. You know, it's not like, you don't just say that out of, like, no, out of nowhere. You kind of have to be realistic and say, okay, you know, Iran's going to go out there and try their best. And I think that's the most important thing. I think Kairosh, um he'll go out and he'll put his best lineup. You know he'll do what he can to get his team ready uh, beforehand, and I think the players just have to go out there, uh, listen to what Kairos says, and um, play their game. You know, do what they can to to get the result. Um, uh, but you know, Portugal is a tough team, and I think uh, Kairos also because he's from Portugal, uh, it's a big game for him personally. But it's also a big game, you know. It's, it's a big game for his career, so it's a massive game, even for the coaching staff, because we've got about what seven or eight Portuguese coaching staff, you know. So you know, it's a big game for the whole, um, for everyone, I would say. Yeah, especially considering we have a lot of now, you know, Portuguese coaches now coaching in Iran, and you know, Ru Tavares now that he's working still with Zoban even said that Carlos Kersh opened the doors for Portuguese, you know, coaches to coach around, which you know, there's. Still love between the two countries, and it's just great. Um, but now, just the last points, guys. We just want to wrap this up. And Tom, again, thank you so much for your time. It's always brilliant to listen to you just talk about Portugal and just you know just your analysis, just even on the reigning team. Is what are your predictions? Um, it's going to be a belter of a match. Um, but um, what are your predictions for this match? Yeah, I think it's going to be a belter of the match in terms of tense, you know, tension and just you know World Cup drama maybe, and just. You know, the nation, the whole fate of a nation, you know, millions of people in in Iran, millions of people in Portugal, millions of immigrants from both countries all around the world will be glued to the TV, just watching every second of this, you know, biting their nails. I think it's going to be a great occasion from that point of view. In terms of the actual match itself, I'm not sure it's going to be a belter in terms of 
uh, you know, attacking play or goals. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, everything we've just, just discussed really suggests perhaps the opposite. But, you know, that doesn't make it any less of a, you know, a fascinating spectacle. I actually think, uh, you know, I've written a couple of previews already, thought about this a lot, and uh, I actually have gone for a nil-nil draw. I think uh, I think that Portugal aren't firing on all cylinders. Uh, Iran have impressed everyone this uh, you know this tournament so far. I think there's going to be a hell of a lot of tension in you know in both camps. I think it's going to be a real attritional game. Uh, I don't think there'll be many chances, and I think at the end of the day they will probably cancel each other out. Uh, in some ways, that's what I'm hoping for because Portugal will get through, of course, and that's the most important thing. In other ways. Of course, I'd love Portugal to, to to win the game and finish top because I think, looking ahead, I think the team who finishes top in this group could actually, uh, you know, have a have a good path going forward in a tournament. But yeah, I think the most important thing now uh, for for both sides definitely is, and Fernando Santos actually said this. Don't ask. He said, don't ask about possible future or position. Don't ask about you know anything other than this next game because that. That, that is our World Cup now at this moment, you know. As in, uh, and I, I know Kate Roy said uh, the same thing, didn't he? This is their World Cup, and yes. it's really no point thinking about the next step if you're not even going to be there. So, yeah, I'm actually going for. It's not an exciting prediction, but I'm going for uh, a nil-nil, and uh, you know, just a, a great match. I think Iran uh, bow out to the World Cup with their heads held high. Uh, and Portugal squeeze through. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Sorry to say that. You expect me to say anything different? <laughs> no, that's exactly uh, what I was about to say. Is that my heart says that Iran somehow is going to do the impossible and just uh, defeat Portugal, but my head says it's going to be like a one-one draw or uh, even same thing as you mentioned, Tom. But it's going to be such. It's just just going to be defense versus uh, attack, and then um, as even Carlos Kerrish pinpointed that this is our World Cup final. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, what's going to happen. But Arya, just give us your last thoughts before you wrap this up. Um, I think it will be uh, a case of the second half. I think uh, it will come down to fitness. I think uh, I think Iran will uh, play that defensive game at the start of the first half, and I think I think Iran, um, I think Iran's a fair team. Uh, I think it's a, a strong statement, but I think Iran's a fair team. I think. Um, when we, I think when someone Godus uh, or Dejaga, someone creative comes on, I think we can open up gaps in that defence and possibly score goals. Uh, I, I think Iran uh, could win the game with a, a, a small scoreline, but I think uh, the score will be uh, 1-1. But I hope, I hope we win the game. Oh, thank you guys so much for your time. Um, you know, oof, I just cannot wait for this uh, match that will be happening on Monday. Tom, all the way from Lisbon. Thank you again so much for coming on, my friend. Uh, we'll definitely have you on more. And, you know, we wish you all the best as well because I know you'll be supporting Portugal. And, uh, Aria, my friend, let's see what happens with the reigning national team. But thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yep. Uh, sorry, Pasha. Uh, I just lost you for a second there. But thank you very much. Great to speak to you. Uh, enjoy the game on Monday, but uh, don't enjoy it too much, please. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Tom. That concludes our talk with Tom Gunder. Tom, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. Folks, thank you again for the support. If there's anything you would like us to talk or share or 
talking about literally about anything, or you just want to send us positive vibes, as always, we get a lot of emails. Thank you guys for the support. Is at mail at goldbizonpodcast.com. Check out all our episodes on our website, goldbizonpodcast.com. We're even on iTunes. Thank you guys again for the support, and we're hoping for a win against uh, Portugal.